Yes, yes, and yes. Welcome back to another episode of Cut the Shit, Get Fit. I'm your lovely host, Rafael Matuszewski, and this is episode 196 with the lovely Jordan Lark. This episode is jam-packed with a lot of discussion about weight loss and how to be successful at it, as well as a little bit of online business, as Jordan is completely online and went through the industry pretty quickly from, you know, getting one client to 10 in just one month, and it just went from there, and he has a lot of like tons of experience helping people lose weight and keep it off and this was just an awesome discussion just going back and forth looking into the psychology of what's going on in a client's mind hopefully this will give you some insight for both coaches and the fitness enthusiasts listening here we go hello boys and girls welcome back to another episode of cut the shit get fit I'm your lovely host, Rafael Matuszewski, and joining me today is Jordan Lark. Say hello. G'day, mate. Thanks for having me. No problem. So I always like to start the show with some easy lobbing questions to get the juices flowing. So the first easy question is, what are you currently reading? Um, it's never one thing. Um, it's a multiple things. So, um, off the top of my head, um, a book called Triggers by Marshall Goldsmith. Um, I've just downloaded the audio version of The Laws of Human Nature by Robert Greene. Um, and I haven't started, but just downloaded um, Can't Hurt Me by David Goggins. Nice. Which of the two do you like so far the best? Um, they're just different. Um, I like Robert Greene. Um, mm-hmm. You know, I, I like a lot of his books. So um, it's just, they're, they're, they're just different. Um, you know, I sort of, you know, I'm one of those people that often even doesn't even finish books. I take my lesson out of it as soon as I can find it and then move on to the next one. Um, and then sometimes I'll come back to that book if, if I need to, to get something else out of it. But, um, you know, I'm not one to sort of necessarily read a book all the, or listen to a book all the way to the end. Um, I take what I want from it and then sort of move on to the next one. That's interesting because I always ask this question to my guests and, like, it's I'm kind of curious to see which people, like, like to read, you know, three or four books at the same time compared to the ones that have to, like, have one book from start to finish. And I'm like, I wonder if someone just has, like, short tension span or, like, what they call, like, squirrel brain, but it's kind of interesting. Yeah, I was diagnosed at the age of 33 with um, ADD. Um, so you can throw me in that box <laughs> if you like. Nice. Uh, so the next easy question is what do you got planned for the upcoming weekend? The upcoming weekend, um, just Christmas, me, me, me oldest son's birthday is on the 19th, so um, I suppose it's just a few days before then, so there'll be lots of um, organising and, and coordinating um, for his special day, um, and now it's this time of the year, so it's just crazy with, you know, Christmas shopping and, and, and just trying to keep some kind of um, routine happening, I suppose, um, but, you know, I've been an online coach for a long time, so... Um, weekends weekdays they kind of all blur into the, the same thing nice so are you ready for christmas this year yeah um pretty much um nice sort of you know I, I try and get as organized as possible but you know there's always something to the last minute um that i'll have gotten no doubt awesome so very last easy question what is the biggest pet peeve and why pet peeve yeah. um 
customer service or, 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 or poor lack of whatever you want to say. Um, it, it, it's it's just it's so important on on you know it doesn't matter the type of business. It's just uh, you know I, I kind of you know it's it's what I want to make sure I'm renowned for. Um, and when when I don't receive it, it just annoys me. No, I totally get it. And I think what like blows my mind is like this happened to a couple times to me where I wanted to purchase something online, the link or whatever just didn't work. So I like contacted the company, but it took them like four days to reply back to me. And I'm like, I'm trying to give you my money, but you're not letting me. Yep. <laughs> it yep. blows my mind. Blows my yeah, mind. It's, it doesn't matter what, you know, and I find, you know, here in Australia, you know, where, you know, like, you know, servers or whoever else are getting paid, you know, $25 an hour or whatnot. <laughs> there's not, like, as opposed to, say, in the US where people are working for tips or whatever, there's not a whole heap of motivation unless they actually genuinely care, genuinely care about the job or whatever. And it yeah. just drives me nuts because it can really set, you know, set you apart from, from everybody else. Oh, definitely. Um, so before we go any further, let's do a little intro to who you are, what you do, and how did you get into this industry in the first place? Where do you start with a question like that? Um, so um, I, I run two companies, um, one called Evolutionary Health, which is basically a, um, a health and fitness online coaching um, service. Um, I've been running that for about 89 four-week blocks Um 89 continuous four-week blocks, um, grown that business to clients in about 50 from last count, 50 different countries. Um, with um, probably I, on average over the years, probably servicing, you know, about 100 clients a month. Um, so, so fairly sort of high volume in terms of touch points with clients and, and the amount of people I'm working with. Um, my other business is basically mentoring other fitness professionals and, and sort of helping them sort of find their own place in, in the online coaching world um, for, for a large part. So um, that's basically, you know, my, my business and, and, and what I'm doing, how I got into the industry. Um, you know, I was, I worked a, a nine to five job for probably a decade in the, in the chemical and nutrition world um, as a, a, a business development manager, um, helping different companies like Nestle, um, work out how to transport chocolate from one side of the country to the other um, in liquid form and, and things like that. Um, I really um, sort of grew to dislike working in an office to a large degree and, and having to set an alarm clock and turn up and go to business meetings and, and all that kind of stuff. And, and I really, I suppose it's, it was somewhat unrewarding um, to a large degree. You know, you kind of just turn it up and, and do your job and, and move on. Um, and then um, I started sort of as a side gig, sort of personal training a few clients. And then from that, um, basically, I had um, my kid, well, my, my first son was due. Um, and I sort of wanted to sort of, it was hard to manage working a nine to five plus training clients outside of those hours. So then I thought, sort of thought, you know, my, their mother was, was going to be leaving work. And I sort of thought, well, how can I keep things humming along in terms of the, the lifestyle that we're leading here? Um, so then I sort of threw it out to online coaching. Um, and kind of what was a plan to just be some kind of, you know, supplementary income, some sort of pocket money really took over and, and to a point where my full-time role became more so the, the supplementary role um, and I, I managed to sort of 
juggle both those balls for, for a couple of years before I eventually took that giant leap of faith, I suppose, and, and, and went all in on, on the business. And, and um, that was, uh, you know, four or five, maybe longer years ago now. Wow. Okay. So I'm going to try to unravel all of that. Um, so how, chemical and nutrition business, how did, how did you get into that? Uh, to be honest, it was just, uh, I just sort of fell into it. You know, it was just, um, I, I, I don't even know how, how to start with, with that. It was just, you know, I, I started working for, for a company. Um, you, you stay there long enough, you, you try out different roles, you, you move along or up the, the hierarchy and, and, um, and, you know, before you know it, you're sort of just, just working in a, in an industry that you probably never really planned out in, to be completely honest. Um, so yeah, uh, you know, I don't have a good story to tell you on that one. I just sort of was a little bit of looking for a job when I, when I finished school and, and, and found myself working for, um, that kind of industry. I, you know, I started out in the petroleum industry and then moved over, um, to the, the chemical and, um, I suppose, food, liquid industry. Awesome. I, I like stories like yours because I've had a couple people on my show where, you know, they were working as an accountant for 20 years and out of nowhere they decided to go down the fitness and health route. And yep. it's always kind of interesting seeing when they decide to go all in. And a lot of people, even people listening sometimes that are just, because I have a lot of fitness enthusiasts that listen to my show they could be in a position where they absolutely hate their job, but they kind of like something else and they don't know if they can actually do that as a career. So maybe you can like kind of talk about where, you know, when you got to the point where you did make the jump, like what were, what was going on in your life at the time and what kind of gave you the green light to be like, you know what, it's time. I need to just jump in. Uh, I suppose, um, where do I start with even that? Um, you know, I was at one point in time, as I said, it started out as just being sort of an you know supplementary income. I was working with you know ten clients online, uh, and then I grew that business to about one hundred and ninety. I think in my busiest month, I had about one hundred ninety-six online clients whilst working full time. At this point in time, I had two kids under the age of two. Um, I, I then had the crazy idea to, to head back to uni to study psychology. Um, and I suppose just things were just starting to fall off the plate. And I really was at a, at a crunch point where I had to make that choice. The, the beautiful thing about, us, you know, whether you want to term it a side hustle or, or, or whatever else, it's like you can do a certain amount, particularly with an online business, you can do a, a certain amount around everything else. Like you don't have to go all in. And, you know, especially, you know, for, for me, I, you know, I had mouths to feed, you know, you know, roofs to put over heads and all that kind of stuff. It's a, it's a, it's a, it's a, it's a, a risky proposition to just go all in on yourself. So, you know, I, I waited, I waited, you know, a fair amount of time before I actually did, you know, had a little bit of savings in the, in the, in the back pocket, you know, in case, you know, something didn't go right. And then basically I went away on, on annual leave and, basically rang up my boss and said, I'm not coming back. Um, that was pretty much how it all ended. I, I, and I sent my laptop back and my mobile phone and keys and, and never kind of went back there ever again. Wow. Okay. Um, so how did, like, how long did it take you to hit that, you know, 190 clients? Like, cause it kind of almost sounds like it was pretty fast on your end. Yeah. Like, you know, uh, it was 10 clients in the first month, and I think um, it was approximately about 30 the second month, then 50, then 70, then 90, and sort of hung around that 90 to 120 sort of 
um, round for about, you know, six to, to 18 months and then sort of it, it blew up from there. And then we're, we're, we're talking, you know, 150 plus clients and, and, and we held those numbers for, for a little while. So to be honest, it, it didn't take all that long to sort of get there. Um, you know, in the intro, I talked about service, you know, it was all about, you know, just focusing on my 10 clients and, and then they spread the word for me and then they sort of, you know, brought a friend along the following month and, and so on and so forth. And it just sort of blew up from, from, from that moment onwards. So would you say your marketing strategy was just, you know, giving quality service to the point where all 10 of those initial clients were like just blown away with what you were doing and they just, you know, spread the word like wildfire? Mm. To, to a large degree, you know, obviously the results matter most to, to get all yeah. that, you know, to, to, along with the, with the service and then just, you know, creating good relationships, good connections. Um, and, and just, you know, it just sort of, it, it, it's those relationships and those connections and the ability, you know, and, 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 you know, online coaching can be perceived in, in lots of different ways. But, you know, for some people, it, you, you are going to get, even greater connections online than you might do in person. Um, so it's just that, that ability to connect and create those relationships. And, and yeah, as you say, you know, they, they tell their friends about it, they, they rave about it and, and just sort of takes a, a, a life of its own from there on in. Awesome. Um, so when you, like, what's your kind of like system when you coach somebody? Cause like having 190 at one point, like you, probably have some good systems in place i'm kind of curious how do you you know manage your time to service so many people at the same time i suppose the the, the easiest way to answer that is is set out some clear well, i call them rules of engagement you know clear sort of expectations from a, from a client perspective and on what you want to do or you want them to do um and, you know, a lot of the, the communication probably comes more from them than it necess necessarily on a day-to-day -day basis than it necessarily goes back the other way. Um, at, from time to time, you'll have to invest time into a client, but that might not be, you know, on a weekly basis or, or you know, or even, a, you know, bi-weekly, fortnightly, whatever you want to want to call it. Whenever I say fortnightly... Um, everyone's like, what's fortnightly? Um, I don't know. I don't know about the Canadians, but my clients in the US is like, what's fortnight? Um, but um, anyway, um, so those, you know, creating those rules of engagement where, um, where the, you know, clear expectations on what you want them to do, it, it, it's, it makes things, you know, run a lot smoother. Um, you know, it depends, you know, ultimately on, on type of service you want to provide or, or probably, better way of saying that is is what results and, and who you're servicing you know you know if, if it's weight loss and it's general population clients you know we don't need to overcomplicate that whole process of of getting those results you know we create mindfulness we create accountability um you know you, you create an environment of of support and um you know helping clients take ownership for choices and and so on and so forth and 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 it's you know very possible to to work with with a large number of clients if you're programming um, you know trying to to help clients through a you know a powerlifting competition where where you know programming is is rather specific and so on and so forth you're probably not going to be able to manage those kind of numbers so it becomes you know rele relevant to well, relative to the the type of service or, or the type of clients you're trying to work with. Oh, fair enough, and I'm happy that you brought up accountability because like. 
That's really interesting to keep someone accountable when they're, you know, just through a computer. So I'm kind of curious, like, how do you create that accountability and make sure people kind of stay on track? Because, like, nowadays, people have so much shit going on in their life. And, like, the idea of going to the gym and getting their workouts done, meal prepping is just another hassle. So how do you keep your clients accountable to kind of keep progressing, progressing in the right direction? First of all, you know, one of the most basic things that I get them to do is, is every single client has to send me every uh, a description or, or a photo of every single meal that they consume. Um, they know that I'm here seven days a week from, from when they, they sign on. I, I give you know I give them a little thumbs up or whatever it might be for, for a meal and, and whatever else. So, so the accountability factor is built in straight from the, from the system. You know, you send me your breakfast, whatever it might be, bacon and eggs, blah, blah, blah. I let them know that I've seen it. Um, and, and I tell clients from, from, from the start, you know, it's kind of like they send me answers to their, their initial questionnaire and it's like, you know, you've given me 10 pieces to a 100-piece jigsaw puzzle. And every single day we're going to go to work and every single meal photo you send me and every little bit of detail that, that, that I ask to, to get back is like adding another piece to the puzzle. And it's a work in progress. And eventually the more and more communication and more and more pieces to that puzzle the, the, the image becomes a lot clearer and then we get you know better ideas on on, on what trips a client up you know what triggers um, you know force a client to do this you know every Wednesday you have a have a you know a moment of binge eating and then we work out well every Thursday you go and visit your mother-in-law or whatever it might be and then we can set out plans on you know well how do we do something different let's not just try and avoid that let's try and do something different and 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 that's kind of you know how i kind of work through the process of of with you know with a client we start small we start with with lots of i suppose data in terms of you know food and and workout and sleep hours and 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 whatnot and then we sort of go towards sort of making a, a clear plan as as time goes on so then i'm assuming you like to check in with them every single day Every single day, yeah. uh, multiple times a day, you know, if, if, if they send me their breakfast, you know, sometimes it doesn't necessarily require a, a comment, it, it looks fine. Other times it's just, you know, let them know that I've seen it, so I've got little systems in place to, to make sure that they know when they post a photo that I've actually seen it, um, and, and, and we kind of just go from there. So it, it is an everyday kind of practice you know because you know one you get the mindfulness aspect of it because all of a sudden it's like i'm going to send this photo to jordan so instead of you know scooping two scoops of mashed potato on my plate i'm going to you know scoop one you know it's those those little things that 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 you crave and and sort of things happen by default you know because of that accountability and mindfulness aspect see i like that because like i i like to check in with my online clients every single day just because I just feel like I, I need to and I should because, you know, if I miss out on one day and they don't get that email in their inbox from me, they can be like, oh, he's, he doesn't really care about today. I can just do whatever I want. But yep. I've had clients where they message me and they're like, you know, sometimes I don't reply to your email, but the fact that your name pops up in my inbox reminds me that I need to go to the gym or make sure I don't go out and eat. And I'm like, okay, it's working. I'm happy. Well, that- that's what it is and and you know so you know it's it's very human to just have a voice in our head it's like you know wake up in the morning the alarm you know your original plan was to get up at five and and go to the gym and you know that little voice in your head saying you know it's cold you know it's real comfortable under here let's just snooze for another half an hour and you know we'll do it in the afternoon and 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 whatever else and that's just a a, you know normal human conversation that happens you know within our own head you know you bring a coach into the mix and whether they're not 
you know, actually they're having that conversation. You are bringing them inside your own head to, 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 to contribute to the conversation. And so all of a sudden it's like, I'm going to have to, you know, I'm going to have to let Raph know, you know, that I, that I didn't end up going to the gym or whatever else. And it just changes. This isn't always going to work, but it's just the simple fact of adding another person into the, to the conversation is going to lead to probably different outcomes. Now, the other topic I wanted to bring up is the topic of motivation. And I'm kind of curious if, like, in your mind, like, do you believe in motivation or do you think it's, like, something that this is made up because not everyone can stay motivated 100% of the time? No, you know, motivation, you know, for the most part, you know, I tell my clients, it's like, you know, you are motivated to sign up, all right? So, great, let's use motivation where it comes. Uh, and it'll come in ways from, from time to time. But, you know, um, I don't know who said the quote. It was something like, you know, motivation's like a bad boyfriend. He's never there when you need him. Um, <laughs> and, you know, and, and that's why, you know, I tell my clients, like, we want to go from, yes, motivation has, has helped us reach this point, but now we want to try and move into sort of a habitual way of thinking and, and start sort of embedding those strong habits and sort of counteracting the bad habits, and that's kind of what our focus wants to be over the next, you know, four, 12, six months, whatever. Oh, fair enough. Like, I, I, I tell clients all the time that motivation is almost like a feeling just like being mm -hmm. sad or happy, you can't be happy every single hour of every single day. Like it will come and yep. go. And then when that motivation hits, like you want to catch onto that train and just ride it as fast as possible because you never know when it's going to pop in again. Yeah, absolutely. And, 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 you know, it's, it's, it's a great thing to use and, and whatever it might be to, to motivate you, use them. But, you know, it's, it's like, you know, we probably live in a time where we can find motivating stories. You know, we can find motivating pictures, videos, whatever, at the click of our, uh, click of our thumbs, fingers, whatever, you know, it's like, but it's not really the motivation that we're lacking. You know, it's, it's so much else that we're, that we're really struggling with. The motivation's just, you know, it, sometimes it can be a little bit of a distraction. You know, you see clients, you know, they say, you know, I'm just not motivated. And sometimes it's like, so what? You're not motivated. You know, all of us sometimes aren't motivated. If that's all we're going to rely on, it's a, it's a, it's a fickle little journey that's, that you're going to get thrown off all the time. Yeah. Um... How much of the environment do you think influences the success of someone for, like, just typical general population for weight loss? Oh, you know, the, envi the environment, you know, everything. And, and the environment, you know, as I sort of said, you know, in, in the opening, I'm reading a book by um, Marshall Goldsmith called Triggers, and, and that largely talks about, you know, there's things that our environment are going to trigger us all the time. And, you know, you're, you're at work and every second every second day there's a birthday and they bring birthday cake or, you know, I was at a Christmas party recently. I don't drink alcohol. And the amount of conversation that I had to have about alcohol, not in terms of, just in terms of my own choices, you know, and you can see how, you know, and I'm pretty strong-willed and, and fairly comfortable with, with who I am, but, you know, you can see how, you know, you flip it into a, a you know, a food conversation, you're at work, birthday cakes, you know, come on, just have, you know, just have a piece of cake, you know, it won't hurt you, blah, blah, blah. And it's like, you know, these kind of things, are bombarding us all the time. Um, you know, you're at home um, and your partner's just not interested at all in, in, you know, making changes or whatever. Like, that's an environment that's going to make it really hard. Um, so, you know, you, you, you're just... The environment plays a huge part in this whole sort of process. Yeah, I think when you look at the big picture, like, 
if you audit the general population's life, like they almost have everything against them from like birthday parties, a good example, right? You go to your office and how many people work there. There's always going to be birthday cake. There's always going to be lunches to go out. There's always going to be drinks on Friday night. Then there's your family birthdays. There's Christmas. There's summer barbecues. And it's like, where in that, you know, say if we took a year of all that stuff, where is that consistency going to, you know, take priority? It's most likely not. Like, you have a lot against you. It sucks. Yeah, absolutely. And it's like, you know, it's, I say to people all the time, it's like when you decide to get healthier, it's not one choice you're making. It's not like, yes, I'm going, today is going to be the day. No, you're going to be faced with choices every single day, probably every single hour that you're going to have to choose you know, uh, this side of the, the fork in the road or that side in the fork in the road. And, and your environment plays a huge part on that other side of the fork in the road more often than not, unless you're, you know, you're, you're fortunate enough to be surrounded by, you know, people that sort of inspire action or, or, or you know, sort of contribute to the to, to change in a, in a positive way. Yeah, and, like, I think the general population, too, they, they think, like, weight loss should be easy, but it's actually a really, really difficult thing to do. And like, you know, it would kind of make sense that the fact that so many people are trying to achieve it and so many people fail at it, you would think it would actually be pretty difficult to get if everyone else is failing. It shouldn't be like, because I I think a lot of people have that mindset where they're like, oh, in eight weeks, I can change 20 years worth of bad habits and I'll be good to go. Yep. Yeah. And like, it's, 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 it's a, it's a journey that, you know, it's not necessarily, has to be a struggling journey, but it's a journey that's going to take um, effort forever. From from you know from this day onwards, or from the, the day you're born, it's going to take effort because you know without being morbid, like you're heading you know closer to your death every single day. So it's meant to take more effort. Like life isn't meant to be you know all you know unicorns and, and rainbows. It's, it's it's meant to be work. It's meant to be and and the sooner you can embrace that. That work, that 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 discomfort, that challenge, and, and all those kind of things. You know, the sooner you can embrace it, the sooner you can sort of put that aside, and 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 you're not thrown by the moments of discomfort. And it's like, oh, I wasn't expecting that. You know, I was expecting this to be easy, and it's like, no, it's probably not. You know, the the, the job of the coach ultimately is to make the journey as easy as possible, but it's never going to be a a, a case of making it easy. Yeah, definitely. Um, the other thing I wanted to bring up too is like, how do you coach nutrition? Because there's so many different ways and angles to do it. And like, some coaches believe in intermittent fasting, some totally believe in macros, and some believe in habits. I'm kind of curious, what's your jam when it comes to nutrition? My, my jam is um, all <laughs> of the above. Um, whatever, whatever is 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 going to, I suppose, ultimately, uh, you know, if weight loss is the the game. Is is whatever is going to help someone create a, a calorie deficit um, for a long enough period of time to get meaningful change um, is sort of the, the, the way to go. And, and, you know, that may mean intermittent fasting, that may mean flexible dieting, that may mean clean eating, that may mean, you know, a particular philosophy on eating, whatever that may be. Um, and, you know, that's what, you know, this, this, you know, I definitely would not want to sort of suggest, you know, there'd be, you know, one one size fits all. It's, it's about, you know, working out what, what works for you in the now, you know, in the next, you know, X number of weeks, whatever. Um, and 
don't get locked into that. You know, that might change. You know, in six months' time, it might be time to, to, to relook at things and you've got a, a new relationship with food and, and things don't scare you. You know, having that, you know, chocolate bar doesn't, you know, scare you anymore or whatever it might be. And now it might be time to, you know, let's let's count calories and, and take a flexible approach, whatever it might be. Um, but it's definitely not, you know, one thing. Yeah, like what surprises me now is like, how people have so much issues around food when like way, way back when people started creating these like amazing restaurants around the world, people just went to them to enjoy food. But now people are avoiding certain types of food. They like have weird stuff with it. And I'm like, man, food is just to be like enjoyed. Like you don't have to be scared of it. Yeah, and you know it's 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 sad. Like you know, large you know if you if, you know a lot of your memories are, are you know not necessarily revolve around food, but food took a part in a lot of those memories. You know, where it's Christmas, lunch, or or whatever else, and it's like. You, you you know you know life is is short for for the most part and you know you don't want to you don't want to create angst and, and unnecessary worry where you don't have to and you know that's you know largely why I I went back to, to study psychology you know the more and more I, I I worked with people the more and more I realized that you know this this is this is where it sort of counts where where people's heads are at and I find like there's even now uh, I can't remember who said it on my show but he mentioned like you know, there's buffer foods and trigger foods. And it, like, just shocked me that, you know, people can have trigger foods where they just can lose control. So, like, a good one is, like, say, chocolate, for example. If someone, you know, eats one chocolate, they can't stop because that's their one trigger food and they end up eating the whole bag or whole bar or whatever it is. And I'm like, holy crap, like, how did that develop in someone's brain that when they taste that particular food, it's like all hell breaks loose? You know, I think, that, you know, there's, probably, there's, there's more than one thing that sort of attributes to that, you know, just thinking of foods as, as good and, and bad. And I use this analogy all the time. It's like if I asked you, you know, what's, what's, what's healthier, um, celery and ice cream, um, or, or I just asked the general population, you know, they'll, they'll, they'll say celery. And then I'll say, all right, well, let's throw in some context and let's say you can only eat one of those foods for the rest of your life. Now what's the healthier of the two options? And, and the, you know, with context, the, the choice sort of flips. And now ice cream becomes the healthier option and 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 that's ultimately the way you kind of want people to think but you know it takes time to get there you know people you know it's very human to to want to box things in good bad yes no black white whatever um you know it, you know there's so much to think about we we we, we just naturally gravitate towards shortcutting um, our, our thought processes. So, you know, I get it. I get why people do that. But, this, you know, it's definitely something we want to, you know, we want, kind of want to get from point A to point B at some point. Yeah, I think like social media and just like media in general screws up our brain chemistry with food. Because I remember, I can't remember if it was a post or if I was just like in person with somebody, but I was like eating fruit. And then someone's like, aren't you worried about all the sugar in that apple I think I was eating? And I'm like, no, I'd probably be more worried if I had like six donuts in front of me, but an apple is going to be okay. Yeah, I don't know if anyone's ever really, you know, become obese from, from eating fruit, you know. Yeah. And, and that's, you know, that's, you know, it's, it's, it's one of the saddest, you know, it's, you know, there's lots of great things about, you know, being alive in 2018 or, or nearly 2019. Um, you know, access to information to a large degree is, is a blessing. Um, but, you know, that there's a tipping point in, 
you know, there, there are negative you know, aspects to it where people are bombarded and they can go down rabbit holes and, and you know, listen to the, not necessarily the wrong person, but just the person that, that has a very uh, limited knowledge or, or limited experience, limited perspective, and, and all of a sudden, you know, they, they head down that, that rabbit hole and, and all of a sudden, you know, fruit has now become, you know, unhealthy. Yeah, and I'm happy that you brought up the tipping point because, like, one, that's a really good book, and two, I was talking about this on my podcast the other day where, you know, because I used to be super overweight and I lost it all, but I also had those times where um, I failed at it a bunch of times and I was super frustrated, and then when I tried it one more time, you know, there was this one moment where... You know, I tried on a pair of jeans and I was able to put like one finger through the waistband and it was loose. And I was like, holy shit, it's working finally. And like that was my tipping point. And like that moment right after I was just like gone like wildfire. I was just like so motivated. I saw the light at the end of the tunnel and, you know, the rest is history. And I always tell people like when you find your tipping point, that's the moment you're going to see huge success. Yeah, it's 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 those epiphany like epiphany like moments. So that you you can't you can't necessarily always predict them. Um, they just you know when that mindset shift finally happens, where you become a believer, you know, and ultimately it's a believer in yourself. Um, you know, and, and people have all different reasons why they don't necessarily believe in themselves. Um, but those epiphany moments uh, aren't you know predictable. So it's 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 about just putting one foot in front of the other and, and really not giving up. And even if, you know, you're, you're struggling to, to sort of make it all work now, you know, just put one foot in front of the other. And, you know, as, you know, the more and more consistent you become with, you know, your, your food habits and your exercise habits and, and all that kind of stuff, you know, sometimes the, the brain doesn't always you know, you know, a transformation might look, you know, a physical transformation in the body might look, you know, you know, you lose 10 kilos in 12 weeks, but, you know, that mindset, you know, change might take, you know, another six months on top of that or whatever. It's not always an easy, predictable thing. And this is why I like always tell my clients that, you know, I rather you do baby steps than like try to eliminate everything from your life that's been a bad habit because what are the chances of you holding on to that, you know, new way of living for long term. Whereas if you did small little actionable steps over, you know, a year span, like that shit is going to add up and your life will change a lot faster than trying to do 20 different things at once. And then after three weeks go, ah, fuck it. I'm too tired of this shit. Yeah. And, and that, and, and with that said, you know, to, to, to sort of, you know, give a, a devil's advocate conversation here is that you also need to, you know, I understand where people are, you know, their blood pressure's through the roof and their doctor's saying they need to put them on medication or, you know, whatever it might be. I can understand the, the desire to make shift happen as quickly as possible. You know, you want to, you want to, you want, you want to transform as quickly as you can, but you, you've got to be realistic. And, and, and it's like, well, I want to get you X number of, you know, X results, you know, as quickly as possible here. But I want you to understand that, you know, this is just for now, you know, let's, let's ride this motivational wave. Let's, let's ride this, you know, um, desire for change, but let's just be real with it. It's not going to last. And then we need to transition to, you know, a steady state of, you know, we, we, we change this, 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 and this, or what, you know, let's just work on this for this week or whatever it is. And it's like, we just got to, I suppose 
never be one dimensional in, in how a transformation's meant to look. You know, I know, you know, my own physical transformation, it's like, you know, I, I lost, you know, a fair amount of weight in a, in a relatively quick time. And, and, and that sort of really springboarded me off into, into sort of, you know, the next sort of phase and, and, and kind of think of, your life like that you know it's phases or you know your blocks and and you know whether you know you're in a cut for 12 weeks and you're in a maintenance phase or whatever and it's like you know i suppose you know that's where people in the in in the industry sort of recognize how these phases are meant to work you know we're meant to go through a phase of maintaining or we're meant to put in a phase of you know a, a calorie surplus where, where we're in a sort of a growth phase but you know your general population probably never looks at it like that and it's like it's always deficit 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 forever um and it's like it's kind of not going to be an overly enjoyable experience and and it's really you're setting yourself up to fail yeah and i think this is where like you know fitness and health is so individual because even though i like to have all my clients start with baby steps some people will just be like, hey, what else can I do? What else can yep. I do? And that's when you start feeding them more stuff. Because, you know, I have some clients that they know fitness and health is important, but they kind of keep it on the back burner and I kind of have to keep a closer eye on them. But, you know, they're they're on their way. And then some are just like type A personality. They like the numbers. They want to see everything tracked and progressing. They'll make charts and everything. And that's where they just keep asking for more. So, a lot of times when you're invested in it, you'll just be asking your coach for more stuff, which is great. But I, I've seen it with a lot of clients where when I just want them to start with one day a week at the gym, they end up enjoying the experience and they'll ask me, when can I come to the gym again? And I'm like, yeah. whenever you want, like, let's start it right now. I don't care. Let's do this thing. You just have to kind of ride the wave. Oh, absolutely. And I have those clients where it's like, you know, this is what I want you to do for exercise. And then it's like, I want you to go for a 45 minute walk, you know, five times a week. And that's where we start. Um, and, and that, you know, is the baby step start, you know. Um, and then, I, you know, once, you know, we've been doing that for, for, for a couple of weeks and we're, we're, we're allocating time. Um, and, and largely that's one of the biggest struggles is fitting in exercise. All right, well, let's transition to this and let's go with some bodyweight exercises or, you know, some kettlebell stuff or whatever it might be. Um, but, yeah, absolutely, 100% right. Now, the next question I kind of want to bring up is, like, I, I keep forgetting to ask this to all my guests, but what are you struggling with currently in your life? Because it's kind of interesting where when a lot of coaches are in this industry, a lot of their clients look up to us as like these perfect human beings. We have no issues. We have it all figured out, but we're just like them. So I'm kind of curious, what are you struggling with now? Uh, um, <laughs> that's a, a question without notice. Um, <laughs> that's, um, it's, and I don't even know whether you can call it a struggle because, all right, let me just throw it out there. You know, I'm not one that is any good at balance. You know, I, I, I thrive and I work well under pressure and, and I kind of create their environment so I'm always under pressure. And that can become a little bit um, uh, fatiguing or, you know, tiring over time and, and I probably um, – you know, if I if I was to, to, to say anything to that question is, is it is about finding some balance. Um, it is about finding some downtime where I am, you know, away from my phone. Um, I am easily distracted, as I said, um, you know, at the start of the podcast. You know, I was diagnosed with ADD at the age of 33. Like I, I am someone that will easily be distracted by work, and 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 um, you know, I I am fortunate 
Um, but also, you know, the, you know, for every pro, there's there's a con. I'm fortunate to be able to work for myself and, and to choose my own hours, but being able to choose your own hours pretty much means I'm always on. Um, you know, I've never had a day off in 89 months, and that includes Christmas and, and, and everything else. It doesn't always mean I, I work necessarily hard, but, you know, I, I, I am becoming more and more aware, particularly as my, my kids get older, my, my oldest turns seven um, in a week and a half, you know, that they... You know, you know, around, you know, we talked about Christmas at the start. You know, you only get maybe four years with kids where you know Christmas is that real magical thing. You know, where where they believe in Santa. You know, the first couple of years they don't have a clue what's going on, and then by a certain uh, you know age, um, parents turn your turn turn the sound down now. But you know, there's no certain age age before they stop believing in, in the whole sort of magic of Christmas. So you realise how small and, and finite those moments are. And um, I suppose that that would be the sort of struggle that I would have is, is creating balance for the, for the important things. Yeah, I think you're um, in the same boat for most coaches that I've interviewed on this show that, you know, I, I think for most for most 90% of coaches out there that do well in their business are more, you know, entrepreneurial like minded where, you know, if they have a free, you know, 20 minutes, they're thinking, Oh, what can I do right now to like put more value to my business? Oh, I can like make another video. I can do a social post. I can edit this client's program. Like we're always on because we're so passionate and we love what we do. And then we kind of like, take too much <laughs> that we can actually handle and we end up working like 16 hour days yeah and and you know yeah i love what i do and, and you know i always say it all the time if i won the lotto not that i play it but if i won the lotto i'd still do what i do um it, it just means a lot you know you asked me and i kind of half avoided the question you know um, what got me into the industry and, and tell me about you you know when my when i set up this business my, my son was diagnosed with a, a rare genetic disease um that puts his risk of cancer um, about 600 times more than, you know, other kids. Um, so, you know, I, I lived, you know, in, in those early years in, in really dark holes that, that, that were a real sort of um, pain point in my life. And my business was that light at the end of the tunnel. It was the thing, you know, that positive feedback that you get from clients because, you know, you've helped them, you know, you know, don't want to be overly dramatic, but you know, it's you know what people say. You know, you know, you, you know, you, you turn my life around, or, or you know, you save my life, or whatever it might be. You know, um, it, it's those those sparks that really brought me through. So you know, I love my business. Like you know, you know, I have two kids. Like, but my business is like a, a child on its own. Like, I I, I I will always gravitate towards it um, because of that to to a large degree. And I think that's a perfect spot to end this interview and ask you the very last question. Where can people find you online? What projects do you have coming out? And anything else you want to plug on my show, you can right now. Thank you very much. Um, find me. Um, fitness coaching is um, www.jordanlark.com.au. Um, my business coaching um, service is thefitmentor.com.au. Easiest way to just add me as a Facebook friend. Um, I hate one-way traffic, like where I'm just broadcasting stuff. I, I like connecting and, and, and learning about other people and, and, and having conversations. So, you know, feel free to, to add me as a, as a Facebook friend and, and, you know, you can learn as much about me as I can learn about you. Um, 
don't necessarily have anything to, to, to promote other than just, you know, um, you know, keep living a, a healthy life and, and, you know, don't, you know, don't think it's, it's, it's a, there is an end game. Um, it, it's, it's, there's no retirement in health. It's something that you'll always have to, to keep working on. Um, it's always going to take um, effort. Um, and that's about it. So thank you very much for having me on your show. Awesome. Thank you. Okay. So that's going to wrap up episode 196 with Jordan Lark. Hopefully you enjoyed that one as much as I did. And again, share, 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 share this podcast with your friends and family. And I will be forever grateful for that because as I want to grow this thing as big as possible and make sure you hit the show notes and add me on Facebook so then you can see all my other content online in video and written format and I'm going to continue giving you the best fitness and health advice out there. That's it for me.